0: Chapter 19 of The Mansion of Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rosie. The Mansion of Mystery by Chester K. Steele. Chapter 19 Adam Adams Makes a New Move. It was not until an hour later that Adam Adams left Martha Sampson's cottage. He had gained from Raymond all the information he could, and also the names and addresses of half a dozen people he thought to interview. He spent what was left of the forenoon in the town calling at the bank and on a lawyer and one of the merchants, and about three o'clock in the afternoon made his way once more to the vicinity of the Langmore Mansion. Here, to his surprise, he ran into Charles Vapp. "'Is your man around here?' he asked, as the pair met in the shadows of some bushes." yes went into the house five minutes ago have you learned anything unusual not much he has been around arranging his business affairs and he met miss bernard and the two had a confidential talk but i couldn't get close enough to hear what was said after that he came out to sidham and there met a man named matlock styles the two had a long talk and ostrello seemed to be angry about something then this styles seemed to threaten ostrello and the young man seemed to lose all his nerve and wilt "'I never saw a fellow change so.' "'You can't do it,' I heard him say, "'and Stiles answered, "'I can and I will, "'if you try to interfere with my business.' "'Then they talked in a low tone, "'and Stiles went off in a buggy, "'saying he was going home. "'Ostrella walked up the street and down again "'as if he didn't know what to do. "'At last he hired a rig and came out here. "'He went into the house, "'and I was just going to change my disguise "'and take a look around when you came up.' "'I see. "'Well, Vap,' If he meets this Styles again, you do your level best to hear what is said. I did it before, but they kept in a corner of a building, and I couldn't get near without attracting their attention. I tried it once, but both of them gave me such a suspicious look I had to move on. That's all? He sent three letters and a telegram. The telegram was to the firm he works for, something about an order for quinine pills. I heard it clicked off at the telegraph office. "'Well, you can stay here and I'll go into the house. "'If he comes out, you follow him,' said Adam Adams. "'The detective found the mansion in charge of the policeman and Mrs. Morse. "'Both looked at him questioningly as he entered. "'Nothing is to be touched,' said the policeman. "'Them's orders from headquarters.' "'Is anybody here?' "'Mrs. Morse and myself, that's all. "'No visitors at all?' "'No, sir.' "'That's queer. "'Haven't seen anything of Mrs. Langmore's son today the policeman shook his head you haven't seen him have you he asked of the woman no and i don't want to see him she answered tartly i don't want anybody to bother me and she looked directly at the detective i shan't bother you was the quick reply but as i am working on behalf of miss langmore and as this was her father's house and the one in which she lived i think i shall take a look around he went on in a slightly stiffer voice but orders began the policeman YOU MAY GO AROUND WITH ME SO THAT YOU CAN BE SURE I DO NOT TOUCH ANYTHING. WELL, I DON'T KNOW, BEGAN THE blue coat. HIS SPEECH WAS CUT SHORT BY THE BANGING OF A REAR DOOR AS THE WIND CAUGHT IT. MRS. MORSE GAVE A CRY. WHAT WAS THAT? I DIDN'T LEAVE ANY DOOR OPEN. SHE RAN TO THE REAR OF THE MANSION AND THE POLICEMAN FOLLOWED. ADAM Adams STEPPED TO THE FRONT DOOR AND THEN OUT ON THE LAWN. HE WAS IN TIME TO SEE A MAN LEAP A SIDE FENCE AND START DOWN THE ROAD a moment later charles vapp was following the disappearing individual the detective stepped into the house again well that's mighty queer muttered the policeman as he came back it is queer answered adam adams eyeing him sternly you had better explain it if you want to keep out of trouble explain what came from mrs morse you just told me that nobody was in the house well a man just left by the back door and ran away either you knew he was here or else you are not taking proper care of these premises why sir began the woman but then her eyes dropped before the steady gaze of the detective i that is who was that man come answer me truthfully or i shall report this and let me say my word will carry great weight oh well if you must know it was mr ostrello mrs langmore's son he wanted "'Er, some books. He left here some time ago. I don't know why he left in such a hurry. "'Perhaps because he didn't wish to meet you.' "'Then you admit you lied to me, do you?' At this the woman broke down completely and began to cry. "'I didn't want to do anything wrong, sir. He said he wanted to get the books, and he didn't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry to know he was here. Those are his own words. He's a very nice gentleman, and so—so I said what I did.' "'You let him go through the house?' "'He had that right. It was his mother's home, wasn't it?' "'Yet you didn't want me to go through.' "'A relative is different.' "'Nevertheless, I think I'll take a look around now he has gone,' returned Adam Adams. To this the woman felt she could no longer object, and the policeman merely shrugged his shoulders. From the pair the detective learned that the safe had been opened by an expert, in the presence of the coroner and chief of police, who had then had the combination set to suit themselves.' A tour of the mansion brought nothing new to light, and Adam Adams left by the back way and walked down to the brook. Then he leaped the stream, and took to a narrow path leading through the woods beyond. Deep in the woods he paused, to make several changes in his appearance, putting on a light wig and blue goggles, and also an old-fashioned collar and necktie. Then he rubbed a little brown powder on his hands and face, rendering his complexion several shades darker than ordinary." From a map of the county, he had studied the surrounding roads thoroughly, and soon came out on a highway leading to Matlock Styles's residence. He was more than ever interested in the Englishman, and wondered what John Watkins, Tom Ostrello, and Stiles might have in common. In the distance, he presently beheld a house he knew must be the Styles place. There was a turn in the road, and instead of going up to the house by the front way, the detective leaped a fence and passed through a wheat field. Beyond this, and quite close to the house and the outbuildings, was a field planted with corn, between the rows of which were pumpkins and squashes. He had hoped to gain the vicinity of the residence without being observed, as it was now growing darker, but he was not yet halfway through the cornfield when the deep baying of a mastiff burst upon his ear, coming nearer and nearer. "'Hullo! This is something I didn't bargain for,' he muttered. He did not wish to shoot a valuable dog, and at the same time he did not intend to run the risk of being bitten and perhaps torn to pieces. He halted and drew his pistol, and a second later the dog burst into view. He was a full-blooded mastiff and a magnificent creature in every way. He came to a halt and showed his teeth, and presently his mate also appeared. "'Back there!' cried the detective. "'Back, I say!' but the dogs only came closer, baying loudly and eyeing him in anything but a friendly fashion. "'Hi there, Nelson,' came a voice from the other side of the cornfield. "'Hi, Queen, what's the matter?' "'Call off your dogs unless you want me to shoot them,' exclaimed Adam Adams. "'Blast you! Don't shoot my dogs!' was the answer, and in a moment more Matlock Styles put in an appearance. He carried a dog-whip and motioned the animals away. "'Back, Nelson, you bloody brute! Back, Queen!' and both animals slunk to his rear. "'Thanks. I am glad you came,' said Adam Adams, and slipped his pistol back into his pocket. "'Are you?' sneered the Englishman. "'If you had killed one of those dogs, you would have gotten into a mess, I can warrant. "'They are worth a hundred pounds, five hundred dollars, each. "'Great smoke! I'm glad I didn't touch them, sir. "'I couldn't pay for one leg,' and the detective grinned. "'What are you doing in this field?' I thought I'd take a shortcut to the Knoxbury Road. It's getting late and I want to get back to the tavern there. The Knoxbury Road? Why, man, you're a good three miles out of your bloomin' way. The Knoxbury Road isn't this way. It's over there. And Matlock Styles pointed with his whip. Is that so? Then I'm twisted. Too bad. I'm so dog-tired I can't walk much further, either. Been taking a constitutional? That and I walked over to look at the place where that double murder took place. Awful crime, that, eh? Made me shiver just to look at the house. I suppose you've heard about it. Yes, everybody knows about it around here. They say the man's daughter did it. If she did, they ought to string her up for it, growled Matlock Styles. Such a blasted, cold-blooded crime as that was. Was you to the inquest? No. Our coroner got her to rights. He's a sharp one. While the two were talking, they were walking towards the house, which was a pretentious affair, but closed up on one side. They halted near a side porch. "'If I am three or four miles from the Knoxbury Road, I'd like to get something to eat and rest a bit before I start out again,' said the detective. "'Could you supply me with a bite? I'm willing to pay whatever's fair.' "'I fancy so,' answered the Englishman, after a slight hesitation, during which he eyed Adam Adams keenly. "'Polly,' he called, and an old woman with a wrinkled face and a tangle of grey hair appeared, holding a cup in one hand and a towel in the other. "'What are you wanted now, Matt?' she croaked. "'Here's a gentleman has lost his way. He wants a bite to eat before he starts again. Fix him up some sandwiches and some milk and whatever else you have handy that's good. Where is Paul?' "'Gone to town.' "'And Fred?' "'Gone to see the garrison girl.' The woman disappeared from view, and a moment later Matlock Styles and Adam Adams entered the dining room of the abode. End of chapter 19. Recording by Rosie.